us, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. Hi everyone, welcome to the Real Science Podcast, the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and then pick about the science. My name is Kenneth Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. I'm Michael Pace. And I cannot fucking believe what you guys have done to this podcast while I was gone. Castaway? I it's wouldn't worry about it, Kenneth. Castaway. I wouldn't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Kenneth, I have, I do have one yes. excuse. What is... I want to hear it. It better be great. Pace baby, do it. I did yeah, not. I, I, heard, know. I heard the deliberation on the recording, uh, and you rolled over like a dog. <laughs> I, you know, in my defense, I thought Pace had seen Castaway, right. and that he had a better idea of some sort of science that I was unaware of. Hey, I had seen Castaway. It had just been eighteen years. You know, I thought I had seen Castaway too, but then we started watching Castaway, and the first. 45 minutes were an ad for FedEx, um, <laughs> and I didn't remember any part of that at all. Oh, that's, that's true, yeah. I guess it's because the main portion of the, like, the important part of the movie is while he has been cast away, and he's on an island, but oh, oh. it opens up with him as a FedEx employee in Russia, Yeah, and it was the most confusing thing ever. Yeah, uh, right. Well, you yeah. know, when you, when you work for FedEx, you travel a lot. Yeah. You know, it just... Part Ken, of, it's so part of the job. Ken, what Pace is saying is he's sorry that he fucked up our show. I'm not sorry. Yeah. I'm just saying that we could have used... We, 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 we deserve a challenge. And this is our challenge. We, this is. I can tell you right now we are not going to rise to meet this challenge. This is our American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> this is going to be a not... So now I have to give you guys credit because the last episode was very science heavy and it was good. It wasn't funny, but it was very science heavy. <laughs> yes, it was. Well, I mean, it can't be funny. I wasn't here to derail you, so... Yes. Uh, yeah, we're too focused without you. But that said... This movie has it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot less science heavy and a lot more I would say probably like Boy Scout heavy or Hanks heavy or Hanks it was very Hanks heavy movie I will say that yeah we're gonna try and like insert as much science as we can into this as we movie as humanly possible Inter, interject uh, but one thing we didn't discuss and we can is not. how gooey the crab was when he opened the crab. Oh, we'll get to that. All right, cool. we'll get to that gooey There's crab. There's a gooey crab. I use crab goo to um, to glue all of my things together. I just crab used goo? Glue. What the fuck are you it's saying? It's very Pace? sticky. Crab goo is my favorite pasta sauce. Ooh. <laughs> so do you, do you, how much crab goo do you use on your pasta? <laughs> Depends on what the recipe calls for, but, you know. Oh, so there are crab goo recipes. He just opens recipes. a jar of crab goo. <laughs> And just dumps it right onto his pasta. <clears throat> Delicious. Mm, a crab goo. Chef kiss, chef kiss, chef kiss. I mean, people eat raw meat, right? There's um, That's true. What is it called? Uh, well, people eat, like, obviously, like, wait, sashimi wait, and everything. On, right, but... right. Why don't we tell people what the fuck we're talking about before we get into yeah, it? Yeah, right. let's do that. Okay. Well, they already okay. know that we watch Castaway. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's not break too much protocol and pace. Yes. Do we have any disclaimers for this podcast? Yes. That we are going to break down the minutia in this film. If we can. Um, and we might curse, as you probably have already heard, because these guys are very, very filthy mouthed. Yeah. I think the fourth word I said was fuck. Yeah, you did. You ruined it from the beginning. So yeah, it's, um, it's not for babies. So Sean would say, uh, put the kids to bed. 
Unless they can hang. Unless they can hang. Exactly. That's what I would have said if Kenan didn't say it. But yep. Well, I'm back and I'm stealing everyone's catchphrases. <laughs> it's okay. It's totally fine. Stay classy. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, oh, this, uh, that's the way of the beans. Oh, I'll have what she's having. Uh, why can't why I think of any please? Why can't I think of any of those? What happened to me? Why do you think Anchorman was set in San Diego? We're not going to do this right now. <laughs> We're not going to do Are this. Are you sure? Wait, yeah, I want to know where this goes. Why Why do you think Anchorman? Why? No, I think why? he's just asking. No, I am actually just asking yeah, why. That's why I don't know. Because of all the places to pick. So, I mean... The listeners may think, like, oh, is Pace setting up a joke? Is this something he normally does? Like, is he the funny guy? And I can tell you that Pace just sort of speaks in riddles most of the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really just sort of he's like... He's sort of like the sphinx of yeah. our podcast. Yeah. Even to say. get to get into his house is very trying. Pace is, Pace is extremely funny, but it uh, it sneaks up, up, sneaks up on you like a shot in the dark. If you're not or really like, not um, expecting for Or like a raccoon on your garbage. Right. Like a... Like, yep. See? This is an example. <laughs> yes. It's like a raccoon on <laughs> your garbage. Raccoon on your garbage. <laughs> exactly. What a, what a great Fuck. common colloquialism <laughs> that we use all of the time. <laughs> all the time. Like a raccoon in my garbage. Well, as Boy Scouts, we definitely dealt with raccoons, raccoons in, in our garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah we true. beans there before. Sean, nobody's going to get that joke. <laughs> nobody's going to know that we talked about beans from Even Stevens for 45 minutes. <laughs> Why don't you take us into the take us into the movie? Oh, and for this episode, uh, CW for suicide. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can you say what a CW is? Content warning. Content warning. I mean, I got it, but like, it's also a really shitty TV channel. Characters welcome. Is that what that stands for? No. Tell us how this movie opens and then how it closes because I don't want to be doing this for long. Okay, all right. But we're gonna do it. We're gonna jump into. We got this. We got this. No more fucking around. All right. Whoa. No more beans jokes. No more beans no jokes. No more pace riddles. No mm-hmm. more Ken and derailing. You mean, a, you mean a priddle? No more looking up information on how coconut water cures AIDS on the internet. Uh, we'll get, we'll, which we'll get into. Oh God, we'll get to that later. All right. Um, the movie, Castaway, yes. stars Tom Hanks and Helen some Hunt. other people. Helen Hel- Hunt's okay, in it. Helen Hunt. Yeah. And, uh, Who was she in the movie? She was, his wife. Yeah, his wife. They never got married. And she Spoiler. looks great. Rowl. <laughs> nope, not for pace. All right. Sounds like uh, Bass is not not a fan of old Helen in this movie. I thought she was a great actress. I thought she did a good job. I thought everybody did a good job, especially Tom Hanks. Yeah, I mean, the movie is Tom Hanks. Yeah, well, Wilson probably did the best. Wilson, you know what? Wilson did a very easy role. Has a, it's true. Definitely had a poker face. Couldn't tell, um, what, yeah. couldn't tell what the man Blood was thinking. Face. Yeah, he knows when to hold him. <sighs> anyway, go ahead, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. All right. The movie yes. opens with a... Weird camera angle of a package traveling from the middle of nowhere in the U.S. all the way to Russia. Yeah, where was it? No, it was Tennessee, right? Memphis. Well, that's where he's from. Oh, I I, it looked it like Texas. Yeah, yeah, it looked like Texas. Yeah. Somewhere in the in the uh, oh my god, I was in Middle East. <laughs> so, <laughs> Middle East, Texas in the Middle East, Midwest, yes. not <laughs> Middle East. Yes. Jesus Christ, we're doing great so, tonight. <laughs> Somewhere in the Midwest, yep. a package finds its way to Russia mm-hmm. in a FedEx box, and then... Sent by an artiste who makes angel wing sculptures. Yes. Yes. And that will become relevant later, but it's honestly not that relevant it, at all. We refer to it as Chekhov's wife. And <laughs> we follow the package to Russia. Yep. And essentially there's a montage of people delivering packages, and we end up in a FedEx supply room mm-hmm. in Russia where Tom Hanks is badgering the employees about making packages delivered on time. Screaming at them. About He's giving them a speech about the value of time. How we shouldn't commit the sin of turning our backs on time, which yes. is a line repeated several times in the movie. Yes, and 
while he's giving the speech, he gets delivered a FedEx package, which is a clock that he has sent to himself from Memphis, Tennessee, mm-hmm. where he lives. And it, I believe it's 80... 87 hours. Seven hours. Yeah. And he's like, anything above 84 hours is a waste of time or something. Yeah, he's like, this is a disgrace. This is a disgrace. 87 hours. In Soviet hours. Russia, package delivers you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> another, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In 87 hours. So he's upset. 87 <laughs> hours is that movie where... Uh, yeah, where James Franco cuts, cuts off his arm. arm. Yeah, 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 87 hours. Got it. So... <laughs> This package shows up, and he's like, "This is a bad. This is an example of why the Russian FedEx uh, employees are terrible." Uh, and I'm here to make Russian FedEx not garbage. We're gonna make <laughs> Russia great again. Uh, and that's Murga, not Murga. That's not at all important to the rest of the story. It's just the fact that you learn that Tom Hanks uh, travels a shitload for his job. Yes, he travels a lot, and as a character, he works a lot. He's a character. Uh, yes, sure. Yes, in yes. The, he's a what a in, character in the movie. So then, we have a scene of him and his girlfriend, Helen Hunt, who is uh, a grad student getting her PhD in something. I have no idea what it is. I, it looked like some sort of life sciences thing, because I saw a bunch of, like, uh, like fish tanks or something, or, like, lizard tanks and stuff everywhere, and I wasn't sure. She was in a lab with a fume hood yeah. and benches, so she does some science, and that's... And that's it. That's all the sides. Of the movie. Yeah, I actually was more interested in Helen Hunt's character than I was in Tom Hanks. Yeah, but we got movie. to see her for. It was actually a surprise that we found the lab in the film at all. We didn't realize there was going to be actually any reference to science. I had no idea she was a PhD. Student. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So uh, essentially, they just sort of develop the relationship between Tom Hanks and Helen Hunt that mm-hmm. they both are busy. They're both busy workers. Like, she's in grad school. He travels all the time. She's about to defend. She's about to defend yeah. her dissertation. And they're scheduling, like, when they can meet each other. It's around the holidays. And he's essentially saying, like, okay, well, I'll fly here. You can come with me in the car to this place. And I'll say bye to you in the car. And then we can go here. And I'll be back for New Year's is where he leaves off. But yes. it's clear that these two people, even though they're very busy and they don't spend a lot of time with each other because of their work schedules, that they still care about each other and they're they want to see Very much other. in love, yeah. Very much in love. Tom Hanks is going to fly out to... Where's he going? He's going to... He's going to... Um, is it Malaysia? Yes. yes. He's going to Malaysia. Malaysia. Nice. Yeah. yeah, he's leaving Memphis to fly to Malaysia. Yeah. And him and Helen Hunt uh, exchange Christmas presents to yeah. each other in the car at the airstrip. And he's not flying. He's flying on the FedEx package uh, commercial airline. So it's just like him, the flight staff, and the packages. It's not like he's on like uh, American Airlines. Commercial air flight or something. Yeah. Yeah, he's Um, a packaging label just on his chest. Yeah, it just says delivered to Malaysia. Yeah. And it says, and it's just. (laughs) That's all that's on there. It just says delivered to Malaysia. Malaysia. (laughs) That's all. all He's just wearing a shirt that's custom made. It just says, (laughs) take me to Malaysia. Malaysia. (laughs) (laughs) So. Uh, basically, they exchange gifts, and uh, Helen Hunt gives him a pocket watch that is a family heirloom. Has her it's face on the inside. Been in her family it's, for it's years. It's a picture. And it's got a, oh yeah, it's not her actual face. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not a not a Hellraiser scenario. Yeah, it has a picture of her face inside it. And Tom Hanks is very happy. And he's like, "I'm going to keep this. I'm going to set it to the time that we that you gave it to me. To Memphis time. To Memphis time. So I'll always remember you." And, and he then, looks at her and he goes, "What's her name?" Helen. Like Helen? Helen. He goes, Helen time. <laughs> that was the best line in the movie. And then he, goes, so he says it, he's like, Helen time. <laughs> oh, wait, he says her name so many times in the I know, movie. and I don't remember it. 
It's we're gonna call. It's we have IMDb. Up. I don't know. Hold on. I I'm gonna guess. I'm this. gonna guess okay. that her name was Stacy Felicia. Not Felicia. Are you sure? No, I'm not Karen. Kidding, but it's definitely not Felicia. It's not Karen. It was Kelly. 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 Yes. It was Kelly. We did it. Kelly. Kelly. So her her husband. His girlfriend's name is <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Tom Hanks' girlfriend's name. And he goes, Kelly time. Does he do that? Yeah, he does. Yeah, oh, actually, oh, he literally sick. sets it to Memphis time and he goes, Kelly time. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. He does do that. It's very good. Yeah. So then they're basically talking about how he gave her these, like, you know, useful but not very romantic gifts. Yep. And she's like, oh, no, thanks. I really like the gifts. Hand towels. Um, he, yeah, stuff they're like functional. That. So he leaves the car, starts walking the plane, and then he comes back and turns around. And he's like, oh, uh, one more thing. You can open this when I see you at New Year's. And he hands her a box that's small, about ring size. Well, it's the size of a box that a ring goes in. What do you think it is, though? Yeah, so it's it's implied that he's giving her an engagement ring, and mm. he's going to propose to her on New Year's, basically. Right. Yes. Or it um, could be it could be his uh, high school ring. Oh, they're going steady now. They could be going steady. Wow, yeah. it could be going steady. It's not really known, but it's implied Wait, is that, that they're getting married. A thing people do in high school? Not, not anymore. Not anymore. Not since Greece. You give <laughs> not people, since Greece. You give not like since your, the ancient Greece. Your class ring, and then you're like going steady. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. a it's like a token of your commitment to each other. So Tom gets on this plane to Malaysia, mm-hmm. and uh, since you know it was no surprise, everyone knows. Even if you watch the trailer of the movie when it came out, you know that Tom Hanks is going to get deserted on the island. Which is funny because he got on a plane, I think twice, flying back from Russia. Yeah, yeah, and we were like, "Oh, that plane's not going to make it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The whole time you're watching it, just like, "Oh, when's it going to happen?" Which oh. it just became again like increasingly clear that none of us fucking remembered Castaway. Yeah, yeah. I think we like thought we watched it, but maybe we were like seven when we watched it. So yeah. That's probably true. Um, so he gets on this plane, and this flight does not work out well. So what happens is they're flying to Malaysia. There's a lot of strong storms. They're over the Pacific Ocean. And uh, because they want to avoid the storms, they divert their flight south. And they are essentially unable to connect on their radios to anybody in any towers. So they're just flying with no guidance and with no communication. So yep. even though they've been off course... They go about 200 miles, I think, and they've had no communication. Then some event occurs where, which causes the plane to crash. So there's essentially like an explosion. They had like flammable cargo on board, I think. That yeah, it's not like well defined in the movie of what actually happens. It wasn't that important because it's supposed to be all of a sudden, right? Yeah, like they're Mm -hmm. not like. There's no sort of, like, movie prequel where they're setting up, like, the camera panning over to this, like, hazardous material or something. They're just talking on the plane, nervous that they've been off course, and then there's an explosion and a drop in cabin pressure. And then, basically, all hell breaks loose on the plane. It does. Oh, we gotta say on this episode, all hell breaks loose. Is that a thing that we do? Yeah, we did. We used to. We do it sometimes. Yeah, oh, back. yeah, we do. Yeah, we do it when... But we said it way too early this time. We did. Yeah, we gotta wait till the end of the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> take it back. Okay, so... Uh, moderate hell breaks loose on this plane and uh, there's you know everyone's scrambling to the pilots trying to fly the plane and land it on the ocean as safe as possible (laughs) which he does which he does (laughs) he manages to do it the plane does come out of the sky that does happen Um, and Tom Hanks is able to grab his uh, pocket watch right before the plane crashes but basically the plane crashes um, he 
is able to inflate a raft. He doesn't die on impact from the crash. He yep. gets away from the crash site, floats on his raft, and ends up washing up on an abandoned island. Yep. And that's really where the bulk of the movie takes place. I mean, now he's been cast he's away. been cast away. He has now been cast away, and now yes. the real movie begins. Yes. So now we someone else talk, please. We learn about his his uh, his strategy for survival in this mm-hmm. instance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, he's just kind of under shock here, right? He's uh, he's kind of just he spends a lot of time sitting and staring. He also the very first thing he does is wander around. After he sits and stares, he wanders around and picks up all the FedEx packages he can find. He does that, which that actually is smart because who knows what's in those packages that were on the plane? Even though he spends the whole movie not opening them. Well, he's he eventually gets to it. Okay, I'm getting ahead. But let's part. Let's talk about all the things that actually went wrong in regards to how he would have actually been smart in going about doing this. Agreed. Right. The first thing you're going to do whenever you get onto an abandoned, deserted island that you know of is build a fire. Right. Because you need fire to boil water, and you need water to live. Once he finally sort of recovers, he makes this, like, uh, help symbol, or he says spells out the word help on the beach uh, before he goes to sleep in order to hopefully attract some attention. He falls asleep on the life raft and hears a bunch of, like, thudding in the woods around him. He's like, oh my god, what the fuck? I'm not, like, I'm not on this island alone. And we don't get any resolution there at that point. He wakes up the next morning and sees that the word help is now it says what because uh, he had like p- like paved it in the sand with yeah his foot. it's like eroded away it says hakaid hakaid it's like it says my wife my wife it says halberd yes. it says please kelly if you can see this pick me up it's chuck love you <laughs> so he walks yes, uh, yes. you. see you on new year's yes raw crab is gross i don't like this place yes etc sincerely Right. And then there's a box next to the word yes, and then a box next to the word no, and above that it says, what's your answer? Will you marry me? Then it says, Tom, subscribe, please. Please. (laughs) Are you sure? Anyway, so he reconstructs the word help somewhere else around the island with some downed trees, and then at this point he's like, shit, I gotta make sure that I really make sure I'm not the only person. He walks up to the highest point on the island. Yes. After walking around in shallows and just cutting the shit out of his feet on a bunch of sharp rocks in the surf, which was very... So he was looking for fish, right? No, I think at this point he's still like, I have to walk around this island, and he runs out oh, of the yes, beach. Oh, yes, yes. And I think he makes I think he makes shoes, fake shoes, before he goes up to the top. Yeah, he does. I, I think he makes some... Out of like he, leaves he and a jacket. Like some of his... Is this slacks? Or a sweater? I think he's sweater. Yeah, yeah. He, he takes like no. He takes his. Uh, he rips off the bottom of his, his pants, pants right. and then he That's like it. makes yeah. makes he, shift he shoes. He turns out of his that. pants into '90s shorts. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, Without yeah, the yeah. zipper, he just rips them there. Yeah. And then he grabs his skateboard and then yeah. just does an ollie off the rocks. And he changes his, into Jenkins. He puts his yes. Game Boy Advance in his pocket. Yep. And he says, "Suck it, mom. Give me a gogurt." <laughs> oh my god! All right. And then he, so then he climbs to the top. Yep. Right. He sees, oh shit, this is actually an abandoned island. There's nothing on yeah, it. Yeah. It's not very large. Like he can see the entire thing mm-hmm. from the top of this mountain. And yep. it's like beach and some trees. It's like an oasis in the middle of the ocean. Basically. Yeah. He sighs and he goes, oh, finally some alone time. <laughs> away from work, you know? Yeah. He's, hmm, I've been praying for this. This is great. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> Before he starves to death, he goes back down the mountain uh, and is like, all right, I need to find a way to get some food. Uh, so, I, And I think we're doing the order right in here. But he walks out into 
like the shallows and is going to go, all right, I'm going to spear hunt for some fish. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and he misses. He sucks at it. He's terrible. Yes. He He's like fish. running around and making a lot of noise. He's literally splashing everywhere and trying yeah. to throw a spear at a fish. Um, Impotently. Yeah, it's not great. And it's then great. he sees, while he's fishing, uh, off the coast, he sees a body. Yes. And this is one of the guys from the flight. Right. That he re- So he just sees it's a body. He runs up to it, starts swimming towards the body. Uh, the audience can tell this body is very dead. Is like, it Stan? It looks zombified. Uh, I think it's Albert. Frank. Uh, because he was like, Albert, not Al. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay, cool. So yeah. his name's Albert. He finds him. Uh, he's he's dead. He flips over the body, and Tom Hanks sort of has a little panic attack because, you know, he just found a dead body. Um, and he drags him off onto the beach and essentially, like, checks through his pockets, trying to see if he has anything that'll be of use. He finds a flashlight. He finds a flashlight, and he finds uh, his wallet, and he notices that his name is Albert, not Al. And I think that's supposed to be a nod to, like, how hard this guy works and, like, still doesn't connect with everybody around him. Like, right. I think Even though he's is. seen this yes. guy all the time, he's been calling him not by Jeffrey or something. Name. I mean, the overarching and message of this whole film is to not work too hard, right? Right. Yeah. So, so then he buries the body. Oh, he also takes his shoes. He turns yeah, he them into sandals because his feet are too big. Why does he waste time burying the body? It's so impractical. <laughs> well, we so, so we had made the point that like if he really wanted to, uh, and this is a little gruesome, but if he really wanted to get some food, he would have like gone crab fishing with it. He should like, have used the body as bait for as crabs. crabs. As crab bait. Decomposing flesh is great for crabs. Crabs are gross and they eat everything. Yeah. So yeah, worked. you basically just need some sort of meat, and crabs will eat it. Yeah. So you were saying that like when you we talked about this during the movie when you went on family vacations, you would use. What like wings from the yeah? Night we before. went with my uncle. We, we eat some wings that we put like chicken chicken bones and stuff in there, and they just they just eat that. And we literally like went mm. down to a butcher shop, and we were like, "Hey, can you give us some chicken necks from when from leftover when you were making chicken breasts for sale?" <laughs> and just threw them in a like a box, and then yeah. the crabs would be like, "Oh, this is delicious! Yeah, what a crabs, delicious meal you've prepared!" Crabs love it. Crabs are nasty. Crabs are nasty. But he buries the body. I think at this point he also begins to open some of the packages. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I think there's some point in the movie, and I don't remember where, but he figures out that the thudding is coconuts. He does uh, figure that out. That's like the, the the next night he hears it again. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then one lands right next to him. Yeah. And the following morning, he is the quest for coconut milk begins, yeah. and he uh, spends like maybe what seems like an hour and a half trying to smash them against rocks to yes. no avail. He uh, finally discovers. Uh, once he hits it with a rock and it fragments, which, wow, amazing, he happens to land on the only, I, I don't know, I'm not a geologist, but he lands on the only island, I guess, that has, like, perfectly splintering rocks yeah. right all around him, right next to him and available. Yeah, I guess. And then he carves open the coconut with that, but then Pace, as you said, he begins opening through all of these packages later on, and he finds ice skates, yeah. which do work. They do work. Movie. He uses these ice skates for four years. He uses them to be a dentist? He oh, uses God. them to be. <laughs> he uses them to clear uh, underbrush, and he uses them to prepare delicious coconut meals. Yeah, yep. And so the discovery of this the coconut source on the island and him being able to collect water from them is like the only reason he's not. It's dead. revolutionary. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like he's reaching the point where he finally starts cutting open the coconuts that he is like dangerously low on water. Yes, yeah, it's been know. at least two days, at the very least. Yeah, and like, two days without water, you're gonna start having, like, hallucinations. It's bad news bears. It's gonna be a real problem. So I'm actually kind of surprised in the movie 
they don't really show him hallucinating. No, they don't. Which, I like, mean, aside from just any potential interactions that he's having with Wilson, which we'll get into yeah. later. Um, yeah, but that's after he's drinking. Coke. There likely exactly. would have been some psychological effects. Yeah. I mean, other than, yeah, just like one's brought on by being lonely. Yeah. And he'd so. be very exhausted without having any food and water. Like, he does yeah, a lot of physical activity, yeah. like for somebody who has not had many nutrients. Which, that like, was one of the things I was thinking the entire time. Right. Yeah. Which you have to do to survive, but it's also like he would be very tired. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So he starts cutting open the coconuts and he yep. has drinking water out of them. And he opens the packages, mm-hmm. and then... What else does he find in the packages besides the a, ice skates? He finds um, a, dress, a dress. The dress, he has mesh on it, and he uses that to catch in, minnows. Yep. And he eats yep. one raw and immediately regrets it. Yeah, yes. there's like a montage of him just like eating raw sea life, which yep. is kind of crazy because... Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I understand at this point you're desperate, but he finally gets to the point after days longer than it should have been that he should probably build a fire. Yeah. I Do you guys remember if he hops in the... I think he sees a ship after he finds the flashlight. He sees a light. Like, he sees a light out at sea. And then he, in, in desperation, this is before he had really become serious about surviving on the island. Yeah. He just, in 100% like desperation, which makes sense, he grabs what remains of his raft and, tries and to his me- tiny-ass paddle. Beyond the reef. Yeah. And tries to paddle back out and is overtaken by the waves. And he does sing. He doesn't sing. He um sing. Yeah. Doesn't know. I'm not sure what happens in Moana. It's really good. Love Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, so he he so gets injured while he's out there. Too. He's I think he still has like hope that someone will find him. Yeah, people are looking for him. So he sees the ship and he's like, "Oh, I gotta get their attention." He's waving like this flashlight is like the size of my hand. It's very tiny. It's a very small. Smaller than that. Yeah, yeah, it's a small. It's, flashlight. it's a small flashlight. So he is like. Maybe the ship's still out there, and he hops in the raft and right. tries to get beyond the brakes. And what happens is he doesn't yep. get beyond where the waves are breaking, and he pops the raft on the reef. Yep. And he pops his thigh on the his reef. leg on the yeah. reef really yeah. badly. Yeah. Um, it looked pretty painful. Yeah, it looked <laughs> it pretty like, bad. So he gets uh, he gets back on shore. He's like severely bleeding. His raft is now punctured. It's so like pouring rain. Once he's pouring up there. rain, yeah. yeah, it starts <laughs> pouring rain. If you get that level of a wound in the environment in which he's in, I feel like the wound is going to get infected and fester, and eventually you'd have to amputate the limb. So that's one thing that we had discussed, too, during the movie as well. Like, I think he's at a slight advantage by getting injured in salt water. That helps a little bit. I suppose. But he covers the wound almost immediately with, like, dirty fabric. Yep. And then leaves it overnight. And then the very next morning... He takes a look at it, and we'll get to what he does while he's in the cave and yeah. trying to get out of the rain, but he takes a look at it, and it is very clearly infected. Yeah. Like, it's become septic. Yeah. And he's like, well, shit, and then covers it back up with fresh bandage. <laughs> and then we never see <laughs> it again. don't address it for so the rest of the movie. Why would the salt water be beneficiary to his wound? So, I, I mean... You are more likely to be able to kill bacteria with salt that is with water that is saline or high in salt than you would be able just by washing it with uh, regular water. So, for instance, if you'd use the water in the cave to wash it, which 100% had bacteria in it, which is why he went slurp slurp, then that would have been a bigger problem. But because seawater is high in salt, it tends to have less bacterial life growing in it. Now, it does have salt that is native to that, right? But they're not ones that you would find, I guess, typically in, in, a, in a wound. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay, cool. Good to know. Thanks, yeah. Kevin. Uh, wow. So, yeah, so he's in the cave. Yep. He 
kind of collapses. He's had a pretty rough few he's had a days. Bad, just a bad day. Like, yeah. He had some coconut water, and that's about it. And he's just laying on the floor of this cave, and he sees, like, water trickling down the side of the cave. Mm-hmm. Into a small pool. Into a small pool. And it's a really dirty puddle of water. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look like the sediment. So normally if you have, like, still water, there's going to be some dirt floating in it. But a lot of the sediment will sediment to the bottom. Yeah. This looks like it's, like, freshly mixed up, just, like, nasty cave water. Yeah. Um, Which, like, for the purposes of the movie is probably because the director or someone working for him poured water into it. And that's why it looked like it had just been moved. Yeah. But for us, we all looked at it and we said... That has shit growing in it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's just like, so... I wish he had just slurped down on the water running down the side of the rock. Yeah, there was a rock in the cave that water was moving down. And that's right. like... Fresh water. If you're, Fresh so, water. Audience, if you're ever in a survival situation, or you're just really thirsty, for starters, have to drink water. Yeah, I was going to say, for starters, don't drink water in the middle of nowhere. But if you have to. If you have to, <laughs> like, drink it from a moving body of water. Yeah, it's somewhere so high much up better. Yeah, and drink so it from a moving body of water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just like... Like, there are a couple places in, like, the Appalachian Trail where you can drink directly from a stream. And that's because it's very high up. And it's moving. Yeah, the water's <laughs> literally coming out of the mountain. Yeah. But as it moves further and further down the creek bed, you're more likely to make contact with uh, animal feces. All sorts and of right. other contaminants that can yeah. make the water unsafe to drink. Right. Exactly. So, which so, I learned because I went backpacking in the Appalachian Trail. Same. How about that? No, let's talk about that later. Okay. I guess. Uh, <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, so yeah, so he gets into this cave, he slurps down dirty water, and has a wound, and it's never addressed again for the entire movie. At this point, as Pace was saying, he realizes, oh shit, I'm gonna have to settle in for the long haul, um, so I better start, like, getting my life together. And I think this is the point where he opens opens all these packages. Right. Um, he manages to, manages to, um, he manages to create a net out of the dress that he found, and... Uh, try and get to minnows. We talked about that. Yes. Um, he uses the ice skates to start opening up coconuts, and then he actually starts getting serious about constructing shelter. Yep. Tom Hanks, now that he's realized he's going to be here for a while, he decides that he needs to make a fire because he's yes. tried to eat these minnows that he caught, and he's tried to eat a crab that he caught. The raw crabs. And Whoa. he opens the crab, and a bunch that was of like. So gross. It was very gross. A bunch of goop just comes out of this crab. And like, Tom Hanks hasn't eaten in days, and he's looking at this goop, and he's like, I'm not eating that. I can't I eat it. <laughs> I don't want to reference Gogurt twice in one episode, but the crab literally looked like it was filled with orange flavored Gogurt. Oh, yeah. He ate in it. Oh, it looked bad. It looked like a Nickelodeon prop. So then we go into his strategies for building fire. Yes. Right? Which were actually, yeah. They're not that bad. I mean, it's the, the concept is sound. He's he's basically taking a he's taking a stick, which is kind of at a rounded off end, pointed rounded end, and he's trying to basically create sparks by just friction, which is which is how you do it. Well, he's trying to warm the wood to the point where it reaches a flash point and then yes. it catches on fire, which, you, like you said, you can do because friction creates heat. It's just that the way that he's doing it is like the very first way that people learn how to yes, make fire, yes. and it takes forever if it works. He, he doesn't get it on the first day that he's trying this, and, and he, even though he has kindling from the packages and everything. Yeah. But uh, eventually he has the epiphany that you can basically take one of these... Uh, what is it, like a hollowed out piece of yeah, a yeah. like palm tree or something? Yeah, he takes a piece of wood and he hollows it out. He splits it down the middle yeah. and then places a bunch of kindling near the end that is split 
uh, and then basically starts using it the way that you would use like a charcoal pencil or something, and like yep. rubs it really fast back and forth on the uh, rubs it really fast back and forth on the plank into the tinder, which causes enough friction so that the tinder tinder lights. Right, right. While he's doing this, he's swiping right on his tinder. He <laughs> Go ahead. yes. While he's doing this. Um, he's holding a very sharp stick. Yeah, I was confused by this. Yeah, and like the sharp end is pointed up at his hand. Mm-hmm. I don't really know why. And he's kind of covering it in like a rag from his clothing. Um, but he slips and he punctures his hand pretty badly with a stick. And he's, at this point, very frustrated. Oh, yeah, he's, he's upset. He's been trying to make fire for like 24 hours. He's been dressed drinking coconuts and he's like, I'm going to fucking die on this island. Yep. He stabs over the hand. And he grabs the volleyball that yep. he opened from one of the with packages with his bloody hand and just chucks it. Yep. And then, I don't know why he does this. He gets anime angry and just, like, kicks the shit out of everything in his camp. Yeah, too. he gets very pissed off. And then he picks up the volleyball and draws a little face in the blood from yeah. his hand on it. And this is where we get Wilson. Yeah. Yes. This is where Wilson is now born. Wilson is born. Yes. And uh, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Castaway. So he basically takes Wilson... And he props him up so that Wilson is looking at him. Yep. Yep. And he starts trying to make the fire again, going back to his method where he's scraping the wood. You see these cogs turning as in his head as he's scraping, and he's looking at Wilson, and he's looking back at what he's doing, and he's looking at Wilson. And then he says his first words to an inanimate object while he's on the island. It's a big moment. Which we found a little bit of information on the internet that we had trouble corroborating, that there is someone who actually studies... The relationship between loneliness and the attribution of anthropomorphic traits to inanimate objects. Um, pretty specific research. For it's this. very specific yeah, research. Which, like, I mean, I guess, you know, that's what science is. His name is Tim Timerson. Tim Lonely Boy. Alfred Gaspacho. It's Alfred Gaspacho. Alfred Gaspacho. Pretty <laughs> fucking close. His name is John. C A C I O P P O because I'm not going to try and pronounce that. Uh, Cena. Kakiapio. <laughs> John Cena. So anyway, apparently this guy has written a couple of articles on uh, loneliness. We didn't get time to read any of them, but basically he studies how humans react in situations of what? J- John Cassiapo. Oh, nice. Good. You did it. Well, you're Italian, so that makes sense. <laughs> not really. I mean, I am, but like. <laughs> You but, like, well. fourth-generation Italian. What? Well, you did a good job. It's pretty it Italian. today. I, I might have said it wrong, so, like... <laughs> well, Cassiapo. No, it sounds good. Well, like you're it. the doctor. You're the doctor. So, oh, either way, uh, this sort of this sort of stuff does actually exist. So, and we uh, we see that manifest in uh, Tom, old Tommy Tom's uh, life as he starts talking to Wilson. Um, well, it's really hard to figure out the, the true effects of... Of, of social isolation at the level of that Tom Hanks experiences because uh, he's on this island for, you know, over four years. And yeah. the only way to really truly determine what that does to a human being is to put them through at least semi-similar experience, sure. which is not, which is, which is ethically questionable. Right. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. and, you know... <laughs> Exactly. Like, that research cannot be carried out in, no. in modern day. I no. mean, it may have been carried out previously. I, uh, there, there we are talked some... about, like, with insane asylum patients when studies right. were done without consent. Right. And those are all also not very well documented either because they're right. from, like, the 60s and 70s whenever insane asylums were much more prevalent than they are today. Right. Um, but you can also attribute, like, you know, 
anecdotal self-reporting and things like that. Yeah. It's like people talking yes. to their dogs. Like, I live alone and I talk to my dog all the time. <laughs> yes. All the time. I yes. talk to Mowgli, too. Yeah, of course. Yes. Like, and I mean, it's not a far Mowgli, stretch to Mowgli say... Mowgli is your small boy that lives in the jungle, right? <laughs> yeah, Mowgli is, is Sean's orphan that lives in his house. And he has taught him how to rub his back against palm trees. And <laughs> yeah. He's my cat. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so either way, that's pretty much all we have to say about Wilson other than the fact that he keeps, you know, Tom Hanks together in this entire film. Yeah. But Wilson is a very, like, he develops an extremely strong attachment to Wilson yeah. throughout the movie. He has entire conversations with Wilson by the, by the time he gets to the fourth year of his tenure on Fantasy Island. Right. Um, he also, uh, I think, views him as a good luck charm because as he's trying to light this fire, he's talking to Wilson, looking at him, looking at the fire, and suddenly he's able to get it lit again. Uh, and then we have this amazing scene where Tom Hanks makes this huge fire and is, like, beating his chest on, yeah. on the beach. And he's like, I have made fire! And is pointing at it. And it is so good. It's for, joy at its most primal level. It's it what good. I would do, too. He also, he then takes this and he cooks some crab. He eats crab. And then he makes mention... That thank God that he managed to cook some crab because he's sick of eating coconuts because coconut water is a natural or coconuts are a natural laxative. Okay. Oh, of Sean, course. So let's, of course uh, they are. Let's jump in. Sean, do you want to talk about the studies that you did into this? Uh, so I'm going to pull back this claim here for the audience. Right. Part the kimono. I hate uh, that. Don't I didn't say, say that on purpose. Don't say that. It's awful. <laughs> We're going to pull back the curtain. Pace. Okay. And let the audience know the sort of research we did. So, of you course... You part the bathrobe. Why is that fine? Get into the bits. Oh! Go ahead. <laughs> Sean, go ahead. Can you get into the bits, please? Jesus Christ. Sean, please pick up with the bits. My bits! <laughs> My bean! Alright. So, what we did is we decided to Google search our coconuts... Uh, laxative. Is coconut water a laxative? Yeah. And uh, you will not believe... The amount of fake news out there, because... Jesus Christ, it was so bad. All Hashtag we could fake find, news. All we could find were just tons and tons of websites that are, like, health advocate websites. I'm doing air quotes right now, and you can't see it. They're, like, good health audio. advisory websites, which are really just someone who runs a blog who is giving people health and nutritional information based on zero facts yes. it's, at all. People doctor Ozing. People in the yeah, area. yeah, people uh, they're getting crossing. straight up drawsed. Like, Th- there's literally a website called the Coconut Resource Center that looks like it research could be, research center. Research. It looks like it could be like backed up research, cited research by say like a government agency that is full of horseshit. Yeah, people are naming things like. Oh, anyways, it's the craziest shit I've ever seen. Things things like saying that coconut water cures AIDS. Oh, well, there, there's wait, an example. Sorry, hold on. And kills all viruses. And Hold on, here we go, here we go. I think uh, the broad point that we're also trying to make here is that you can't read, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Which which I know, like, a lot of our listeners in the world know, but spread the fucking word. <laughs> yeah, but you can normally, you can you normally tell when a website is not legitimate. It's, 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 it's usually, if it, well, first indication is if it's not a, you know, .gov or .org mm-hmm. type website. Um, but I mean, that's just your, kind of your first filter. There are other ways to determine right. this, but you always want to look for properly cited sources. Well, and I think what is also difficult, and this is something that our listeners should watch out for if you don't have experience in it, is that websites like this will often reference a research article. 
But that does not mean that the research article they're referencing has to say the things that they're claiming. Because they can say whatever the hell they want in the article they're writing and reference a research article that is maybe in a, like a research journal of good repute and the two may not even agree, right? So they can, they can, people can say whatever they want on the internet and it can look like that well, it's actual information. So do your own research if it's you know a life or death situation. If you're stuck on an island and you have to eat a shitload of coconuts and you don't want to crap yourself... Look, get on the internet. Yeah, get on Google. <laughs> get yes. on get on your smartphone. Yeah, and just go straight to the PubMed, the NCBI website where peer reviewed articles are, and search for "Our Coconuts a Laxative," and, and you'll tell you your information. Get your answer, and then you can talk to Wilson about it, and yeah. then Wilson will be like, "Yeah, bro, I told you that like ten yeah, I times." Told you that like ten times. Yeah. We've, we talked about this, right? With Tom Hanks or whoever you are. But also, we even had one article that we looked at that. Provide a, provided a citation to another article that was on the same website. Like they were oh trying God, to cite a reputable source and it was just another link to their webpage. It was called like alter- Alternative Health or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. It was like alternative. I can't, I'm trying to find it again. Why the fuck did I bookmark No, it's fine. It's fine. It, it basically, it had a whole bunch of bullcrap on it saying things like, uh, coconut water can cure pneumonia. Coconut water cures AIDS. It cures influenza, hepatitis. It cures just a whole laundry list. It, it of also things. said studies have shown that this happens, and then it had a list of like actual studies in the like repository of federally funded studies. Right. But there's no way that those conclusions are some being of them drawn were, from was just studies. epigenetics information. Yeah. Like some of it was just information that reports like what proteins are found in. Yeah. Coconut. It was like, oh, things we found in, expressed in coconuts, and they're like, oh yeah, this cures AIDS. Yeah. Says this study, and you're like, that's not even within the realm of possibility of that study. So either way, guys, check your sources, please. So anyway, what we can conclude from our like, I don't know, our tirade data mining of all these like health advocacy websites that are all bullshit is that coconut water might have some laxative properties because it has a higher fiber it has a content elevated levels of fiber than like drinking water yeah so if your only source of fluid is coconut water it may act as a laxative. It also stands to reason that he's eating a lot of coconut itself. It's right? true. Which so that's also a lot of fiber to, yeah. to BMs. Yes, he's got some <laughs> beans movements. <laughs> right, he's got some beans movements going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, There's a corner of the island devoted specifically to the effects of coconuts. It's a good thing that this coconut water is not as powerful a laxative as he may have been like alluding to in the movie. Because right. If it was, he would be having diarrhea the entire time, and that means the little amount of water he's consuming is leaving his body before right. it's actually getting to his cells, which would be, like, yeah. a huge problem, right? Another reason why, like, he should not have been drinking stagnant water in the cave, because he would have gotten a bacterial infection, likely gotten diarrhea, and then dehydrated himself anyway. Exactly. So there are yep. a lot of, like, not only is finding fresh water, but also... Not shooting your brains out is a very important aspect of this. That's and sort of a daily thing to strive for. I right. Think. And yeah. since since there's not, like, a ton of signs in this movie, I figure we could, like... I think a lot of people know that you're not supposed to drink salt water. Yeah. But I figure we might be able to touch briefly on, like, oh, yeah, the, bio, yeah, yeah. the biological like process of why you shouldn't drink salt water yeah. and what actually happens. So basically, like, salt water, right, it is mostly water and it has a bunch of salts in it. So you think? Yeah, I'm just so saying. Far, so far, <laughs> it 
<laughs> parts, some part salt, some part water. I'm saying, but the point is that it's right. mostly water. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, sometimes, sure. even though it might not be intuitive that it would be harmful to you yeah. to drink salt water, because the majority of what you're consuming is water. Right. But it has a high enough level of salts, higher than the salt concentration in your own body. Right. And what happens is when you drink that salt water, not only will it taste pretty bad and kind of might maybe make you nauseous. Yeah. Make you throw up. Yeah. And which would make you lose more liquid. Once the salt water gets into your intestines, because there's so much salt, there is a process called osmosis, which we talked about in Osmosis Jones, yep. right? Um, which is essentially just, well, yeah, probably, <laughs> it's essentially just the flow of water down its, like, concentration gradient, right? So there's yeah. more salt inside your intestines than inside your body. Right. So the water that is in your cells just starts flowing into your intestines. Because it's trying to equalize the it's salt concentration. It's trying to equalize the right. salt balance, yeah. exactly. So because you ate all, or drank all the salt water, you're literally sucking water out of your cells into your intestines, and it's just going to go into your colon, and you're going to have diarrhea. And yep. it comes out of your butt. Right, it comes out of your butt. So onto you're, the poop side of the island. So what's happening is you're literally like putting a... It's like swallowing a giant sponge, and it's soaking up all the water from your body, and then yep. having it come out the other end. Yep. So it that, does the opposite of what you need to do. Right, which is why you should not drink salt water, but that's like the biological purpose of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Indeed. so... I'm, people probably knew that, but in case they didn't, there's your there's your science for the. Yeah, I think they know not to drink salt water, yeah. but there's a reason why. Yes, yeah, there's a reason why. Yes. Other than like we all have water available. And, well, okay, in in our first world, we all have water available in our first it's world. Not salt water. Yep. So yep. Mm-hmm. Now he has all his tools, relatively basic tools that he needs to survive. Right. Mm-hmm. He has fire. So he can now boil. He can now boil water. He's been eating crab. He's been eating cooked crab. Yep. Um, really, really living it up in this tropical paradise. Uh, and at this point, we the the issue that he's been kind of ignoring, which has been his his toothache that he has. Right, which they mentioned at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Which this was uh, Chekhov's tooth. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of that in this movie. So he's while he's kind of pondering ways to deal with this, he's also just like hanging out in this cave that he's been chilling with, and he's been, he's t- talking to Wilson. And he basically does some calculations based upon uh, what his project- projected flight path was to right. Malaysia and where he thinks they might have gone off course because of the storm. He basically calculates that there's like a 500,000 square mile uh, range in which they might be looking for him, which makes him pretty depressed because that's uh, a pretty huge area in which to search. Um, and he thinks this island is also probably uncharted um, right? because there's no one else there. Um, and he mentions it's twice the size of uh, Texas, and I yeah. googled the size yeah. of Texas, and he is correct. Well, and and plus, every, <laughs> good job, Tom. Great job, Tom. Well, and plus, everything's bigger in Texas, so you're it's That's that much true. it's that much more space. That's true, it's true. <laughs> you know, you're right. Like <laughs> the Texas physical is, properties of our world do not apply. They to don't Texas. apply to right. <laughs> like, Texas. The, the inside of Texas is like the inside of the TARDIS. It is larger yes. on the inside. Once you right. enter Texas. It's kind of like the tent in Harry Potter. Like you right. like you get in and then it just massively expands internally. Well, Sean, you know, do you have a reference? Well, actually, the tent in Harry Potter, that's actually just Texas. It's Texas. Yeah. They just, the tent in Harry Potter <laughs> is Texas. They walk inside and they're like, oh, welcome to Texas. Howdy, partner. Howdy, partner. Welcome to the Quiz World Cup. That's what that's what oh, our friend Tori says. Place your like. bets. Yeah, that's exactly what Tori sounds like. Right? She's from Texas. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's what all people in Texas sound. Austin definitely isn't a cool place that is full of hip people. Hipsters. Uh, so basically, he gets depressed by this and he's like, well, I may as well knock this tooth out with this ice skate. 
So then he tries to do that. <laughs> yeah. It looks gruesome. It man. is bad. He basically is propped. So he has a abscess on his tooth, and it's really hurting. And I don't know exactly what's wrong with his wrong you can, with his tooth. They but, show you the abscess. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's it's. No, I was just gonna say it's bad, and we I know we don't we we touched on this a little bit, and they don't address like bacterial infections a lot in this. But like, if it gets as bad as it looked, bacteria in this area of his mouth could have migrated to his bloodstream and this would have made him sick. Yeah. He could have suffered from sepsis just from having a toothache untreated. Yeah. Right. Because it, it, it looks like a physical hole on the size of his, sides of his gums. He's basically got a killer immune system because it's keeping all of this bacteria I away. It's all those coconuts. It's all, all those coconuts. coconuts. That's, that's coconuts. what it is. It's all the coconuts. That's what the internet told us is yeah. that the coconuts are keeping him alive. Curing all of his problems. Yeah. So he doesn't get skin <sighs> cancer later. Indeed. So he knocks it out of his mouth. Like he well, he face. tries to at least. We just see him pass out, and blood a pool of blood starts to come. I out think he right manages around. it because they don't mention it later in the film. Yeah, but I feel like there would have already been infection in his like like the very root of his tooth. So yeah. I don't even know how effective that would have been. Well, he does continue honest. soaking it for the majority of the film in salt water, so yeah. at least he knows to do that much. Yeah, but. You're right. I mean, he he presumably knocks a tooth out of his mouth. I don't remember if you get to see it fly out of there in slow motion. Or I don't think so. You just see blood fly out of his mouth. Yeah. Which, never mind the fact that he pointed this ice skate directly into his mouth onto his tooth and then smacks it really hard by the rock. And if the tooth had just given way, it would have gone through his cheek. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. I didn't know why the ice skate was essential in this process because, like, he wasn't cutting it. I mean, I think it's it was just, just a, hard piece a of metal. long, hard piece of metal that he could have gotten in that mouth. And don't come on, man. This yeah, is a family podcast. So at this point, he passes you out. Really. That's true. At this point, he passes out, and then we are we time travel. Time travel. We are pushed forward four years. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like an oh shit moment where you like. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to initially see people. that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so he's basically become pretty skilled at spearing fish and yep. building fires and he's now super lean like your like your lifeguard buddy um and he has this beautiful golden mane um he also has hair. developed wilson uh more as a person and more as a friend but yes. also physically uh wilson looks just like bart now uh, bart simpson just like bart just like bart just like bart and he has hair he's put hair into yes bart. yes indeed um, and so he's, I mean, at this point he's just kind of, he's just kind of going coasting on the coast. Yeah. He he's coasting through life. Um, he, we, we learn like throughout this sort of tenure that, uh, um, he's been creating tools. Like, as you said, he's like made spears. He's managed to make rope out of saplings he, on the island. He used one of the ice skates to make an ax. He does. He has an ax that he uses to like clear cut part of the island. Um, and while he is sort of living, we, we see also that he has uh, developed the cave that he lives in. He's now, like, started painting in there. Uh, he's collected various odds and ends while he's been on the, on the island. Um, we also th- see that he's created a calendar, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, there's a small hole in the cave that produces a pinpoint of light that apparently is able to just sort of, I don't know, it shows up at some time during the day, and he, he draws himself a little figure eight and then uses that, like, as the light traces around the outside of the rock. Which is um, super cool. That was pretty neat. I yeah. like that. That was that was cool. Um, and while he's doing all of this, there's one night while he's sleeping and he hears this like rattling noise. 
uh, and he exits the cave. We have no idea what it is at this point because none of us remember what this movie was about. Yeah. Uh, and he finds what appears to be the side of a porta potty from what Bridgefield? Bakersfield. Bakersfield. In Bakersfield, California. He's just screaming Bakersfield yeah. while he's out there. Uh, and he sets it on, up on the beach and is sitting with Wilson and just sort of staring at it, I guess, as one does. And it flops over onto the beach because of a gust of wind. And he's like, oh, this could work. And decides he's going to build basically a sailboat. He had been seeking the entire time, apparently. He had been thinking, mulling over a solution to his problem of getting past the tide. You Which know? you would in mean, yeah. four years of being there and trying of course. to Moana your um, Return the heart of Matanui to... I don't remember the plot. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, the heart of Tafiti. The heart to, of Tafiti uh, to... Wait, to Tafiti. To Tafiti, yeah. Right. So th- then we kind of have... We'll call it a hodgepodge of like him through the, going through the process of... He's planning his... He has his escape plan now. He yes. finally has this piece of porta potty this metal slab that he can use as... Plastic. Pla- is it plastic? Yeah. Okay. Plastic. plastic. Sorry. Um, that he can use to basically break the wave. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and so he basically calculates how much rope he's going to need. Uh, so he starts collecting rope to build a huge yeah. raft out of made out of logs. He realizes um, he'll have to spend most of his time making that rope because he's weaving it out of saplings, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he's going to be under, and so instead he starts making rope out of. Uh, tape from all the multiple VHS tapes that he found inside yeah. his packages. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, we also get to a point where he's talking with Wilson and he is realizing it's going to be pretty tight shedge with this rope gathering. Yep. And Wilson tells him, tells him, quotes, unquotes, that there is 15 feet of rope somewhere else. 30 feet of extra rope. 30 feet, sorry. Whatever. This, there's extra rope. Somewhere else on the island, but he doesn't really want to go back there. Uh, so he goes to the top of the island, and he we figure out that just because of the intense level of depression and loneliness that he was going to be having from this social isolation that he had tried to... He had contemplated killing himself uh, by hanging himself from the top of the island, and that he had tested it with, um, with a large strand of rope and a log. So he grabs the rope that he found at the location where he had previously contemplated killing himself... Uh, and he adds it to his rope collection. And let's see. His dialogue with Wilson has gotten to the point where you can tell when he first starts talking to him, he's just saying phrases at Wilson mm-hmm. so that he can, like, talk. Yes. Right. You know? And then you can tell, now that it's four years later, he seems like he's answering Wilson's questions, questions from Wilson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. he's very much, like, having a conversation with Wilson, not just, like, talking to him. It's yeah. also just a conversation with himself. Yeah, it's with yeah, himself, I mean, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's but like the internal not... monologue that is Wilson the volume. Yes, right, yes. Exactly. So at this point, he's ready to escape the island. Yep. He gets he he gets aboard his beautifully crafted raft, um, and he's got these two makeshift paddles that he's made. Yep. Um, and he is able to use this side of a porta potty to uh, break the largest wave that he comes up against. Uh, to make it out to sea, and yep. so this is a long journey for him. He's basically just now just coasting. This is this is kind of a, a crapshoot because he's just hoping to come across something, right? Yeah, I, th- I think he's decided it's been. Sorry, no, I, I was going to say I just think it's been decided that it's it's been four years and he hasn't been picked up, so yeah. he might as well increase his odds by moving. Yeah, right? he, he was like, no one's coming for me at this island, so I'm going to just try and go in a straight line away from the island and 
maybe someone will find me, and if not, I'll die. Yeah. Yep. He was already, you know, contemplating suicide. So. Yeah. Right. And a lot of the time, he's just sleeping and drifting whenever he's not paddling. I think he, I think, I think he eventually just, I think he gives up at sea at, at some yeah. point and just begins to just literally waste away. Uh, in the sun, uh, he loses Wilson uh, yeah. because I think just because the, the way that his raft was working, that like um, his raft is falling apart. So Wilson his raft falls is falling off apart. His, his perch. Wilson is perched up on a log, yeah. but then he gets, he falls off. Uh, he's not able to get him because the rope that he's tethering himself to the raft with is not long enough. Wilson slowly drifts away, yeah. and it actually is very traumatic because it's sad because this is the one being that he has spent years communicating with, it's quote unquote, cool. communicating with. Bart looking um, ball buddy. His Bart looking ball buddy. It was BLBB. Yeah, it was very yeah. sad. He is visited once, no, multiple times by a magical whale. Um, thanks, Pace. A magical <laughs> whale who serves as an alarm clock for the latter half of the movie. Um, doesn't ask him for wishes, which I thought was a little weird. That was an interesting choice. Yeah, the whale looked magical to me. I would have asked the whale for wishes. I would have asked the whale for wishes if he sure. doesn't ask. So yeah. it was. A, I mean, it was a bold choice, I think, by the movie. Not to not to use that out for right. Hanks. Yeah, it would have been nice to see him rescued by a magical whale that grants wishes. I, w- I was really looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, it would have taken the movie in a different direction, but I I think it. I don't know. It would have. Yeah, it would have developed the movie differently though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, all in all, I mean, I think that's always a better choice to have a magical whale that grants wishes. He, he could have also gotten swallowed by the whale and then lived and there then lived inside for the a whale. little bit. Yeah, you know, it's really stupid. I, Almost suggested that. Oh, Pace's doggy. I actually almost suggested that during the movie that he should have climbed inside the whale's mouth. Yep. Uh, and yep. lived there like Jonah. Jonah. Yeah, dude. Jonah and the whale. And Pinocchio's dad. And Pinocchio's. Did Pinocchio. Wait, I thought. Well, oh, yeah, they did. They did. Pinocchio's dad? Well, his dad. You mean Geppetto? He's Geppetto. He's, yeah, he's an adopted wooden boy. I thought he ran away from Geppetto. I don't know. Wait, I think Gepp- did Geppetto end up in. I think they were both the inside whale? the whale. The monster of the whale. They're all just hanging out in Monstro. Party at Monstro's place. All right. Either party, way, he doesn't do any of these Monster things. Mark. He doesn't. He doesn't get wishes. He doesn't live inside the whale. Uh, and he loses. He loses Wilson. Uh, manages to stay actually pretty not tan for the entire time he's out at sea. I was kind of surprised that like, so they did show on his face he has like some blistering. It looks like from the sun. Right. And we were talking about this during the movie that like. His amount of sun exposure mm. is, like, extremely excessive. So it while is. he's on the island, he does take some measures where, like, he'll wear his shirt wrapped around his head, like, hanging over his shoulders. Right. To try and limit his sun exposure. Right. <laughs> you know. Other than that, he's going to be burned. He's constantly. exposed to the elements all the time, especially right. when he's on this raft. He's literally wearing, like, I don't know, what is it called? A loincloth. A loincloth. He's, he's wearing, wearing a loincloth. I mean, eventually he's you He's dressed would... like your son, Mowgli. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how he's dressed. So yeah. he's probably got like sun poisoning and yes. stuff. Like it's it's very yes. bad. Like he's gonna be overheated, dehydrated. Yeah. He um, certainly has melanoma in his future because he spent four years out in the sun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, UV rays are literally poison for your skin at that level of exposure. That's what yeah. Doctor Oz tells me. He's yeah, UV, no. the sun is toxic for mm. your body. So he is on this raft for quite a while after he loses Wilson. No wishes. No living in the whale. Uh, and he is eventually, once woken up by the whale, his whale alarm clock, notices a cargo ship behind him, and then is reaching up for, he's very obviously about, like, he's on death's door at this point. You see him reaching up for the cargo ship and just whispering Kelly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Over and over again. He's just saying Kelly. Uh, and then... The it's next, a motivating factor for him. It is. The yeah. next scene, 
is him on a plane. Right? Irony. Irony. Yeah. He's on a plane. Yeah. There's no joke made about how he's flying and he hates it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, which I was expecting, and, and I didn't hear one. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, Failed he delivery. drinks a Dr. Pepper, uh, and he talks to his buddy who worked at the FedEx uh, place with him. Uh, they catch up very briefly. They talk about how there's going to be a small ceremony. Yay, we found you. You're back. We buried you. Everybody thought you were dead. Your wife has moved on. Um, that's very traumatizing for uh, Tommy Tom to hear. Um, but they get back, and... He is supposed to be meeting his wife at the ceremony or at the party to welcome him back from the dead. Uh, his wife does not show up, but her new husband shows up yeah. um, with whom she has children. And he says, hey, this is really hard on Kelly. Like, you were dead four years ago, and now you're not dead, and you're back. And, you know, I'm sure it's hard for you, too, which I thought was admirable. Yeah. Uh, but she's going to need some time. Do you think you can give her some time? And he's like, Okay. And then that, that scene ends with his her husband escorting her into the car as Tom Hanks wa- watches, like, trying to comfort her as she's, you know, upset. Yeah, I mean, what choice it's do you have? It's pretty sad. Uh, so then he goes to her house. After leaving the party, he goes to her house. Yeah, after leaving the party. Yeah. Actually, well, he has a, a night in the hotel room. Where he sleeps on the floor he and he flicks the, the light on and off over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. Because he's just sitting there, like... I don't know, kind of astounded at his living situation. There's now, such think. a good scene where he's holding a, 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 a click lighter and he's just clicking it on and off, on and off over and over again. Yeah. With just like this angry look on his face. Yeah. Yeah. So he's looking at a pile of giant king crab legs and it's just like, why did they give crab. me these? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. You just served a guy who's been living off like shitty sea crabs for his the past four years, they gave him sushi. They gave him a pile of crabs and sushi. <laughs> I would have given him like I don't know a cheeseburger, some vegetables, something at least, like yeah. some steak. Yeah, some, maybe some citrus. I mean, he would have probably have similar integration issues in the society that uh, you might even see not. Not not in the same way, but have like service members. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, getting back to the normal routine of things, which he hasn't been in for literally years. And as you mentioned during the the, the viewing of the movie, he likely also has some post traumatic stress disorder as well. Yeah, oh, I would yeah. think so. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, so. I wouldn't but. say that was really that traumatic. No, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, he was just on an island by himself for four years. Yeah, when he died. gets done, he kind of looks like how. I feel in like the latter half of my PhD. If I had to knock my <laughs> tooth out with an ice skate, I would have PTSD from that alone. Yeah, yeah. So you, could, like, you could never go ice skating again. Sean, you would have to give up ice skating. Oh no. Can you imagine my such a dream? <laughs> You're like Yuri. Uh, so he basically he goes off and he finds his wife. Um, shows up at the front door. They're not married. They're sorry. His previous girlfriend, his not wife, uh, Kelly. He shows up at her front door. She it was made clear that she is not asleep because uh, she couldn't sleep. Uh, they catch up briefly, share a few fleeting glances. Obviously, like, you know, they're trying to not be super emotional about the whole situation. Um, until when he goes to leave because she saved their old car and now he needs a vehicle. Uh, she runs out in the rain, and they kiss in the rain. And it's very romantic. It's very romantic, and I got super mad because she's being super rude to her husband. Um, <laughs> they got they both got in the car because it was raining, and afterwards it's made clear that they talked about it, and Tommy Hanks and Kelly could not be together because for obvious reasons, because she's yeah. a whole family. Yeah. Um, and he gets it, so he moves on. 
takes this fucking FedEx, FedEx package that he's been holding on to that has little angel wings on it that he painted on literally everything, including the sail that was on his boat. Yep. Uh, takes it out to Texas or wherever the hell it is that it needs to be delivered and leaves it at the front door of the uh, woman that we saw, the artist that we saw earlier in the movie. Uh, and as he's driving away, he stops at this crossroads. She drives up in a truck and she's like, you lost stranger? Uh, and then she tells him, you know, which ways that you can go in order to get to various places in the U.S. And he's like, super cool. She drives away. He sees the w- the wings. He sees the wings on the back of her c- truck, and he smiles at the camera and winks. And the credits roll. And um, what do we make of that? Power of Love plays by Huey Lewis in the news. Does it? No. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that was a whole movie. Yeah, yeah. that's the movie. That was that's the a long entire movie. movie. It's two and a half hours. Jesus. Not a lot of science, but I think we did the best that we could with this movie. So, since we're running long, let's rate this bad boy. Pace, since we are occupying your home and keeping you from going to bed, yep. and you, when you have to movie. wake up super early, and you pick this fucking movie for yes. us to watch. Yes. Why don't you rate it? Okay. Rate the science. In this science movie. is. I'm going to give it that Uno. You give it a zero. A, a one. I don't think we do zeros, do we? <laughs> we I mean, we can. I'm gonna give it a one because right. actually, I will say my primary my primary scientific complaint uh, was probably the bacterial infections that he would have gotten that they ignored. Right. That yeah. was probably the main thing that I think would have actually been his major downfall. He likely would have had to tourniquet and remove that leg. Yeah. He. He, he didn't. I mean, there's a lot of problems with how he went about surviving here. He didn't build a fire first thing. Stupid, stupid person. <laughs> I mean, he did, just not fast enough. You—that would be the first thing you do because you need water. And then he, his priorities were completely out of order. That's fair for the first few days that he was there. So um, I'm gonna give it a one, and then for the entertainment, I'm gonna give it a three. Uh, Whoa, that's kind of middling. It's, no, no, I, like I would the say it bit. is the middle. Uh, no, I mean it's. I think that it's 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 good, but it's overrated in my opinion. I mean. It is purported it, as, like, a, a, a timeless classic. It is. Say, and yeah. it, it, it was good. And uh, that t- Hank's acting is is, is very good. Um, but I also just don't think it's my type of film. I will agree with you uh, in the sense that the I think Hank's did an awesome job in yes. the role. But the movie, I haven't seen the movie in a very long time. And the movie has been so hyped up by people who have seen it. That I watched it again, and I was it did not it does not live up to the its no, own hype. It doesn't. So I might as well give it an entertainment rating. I'm going to give it a four because I did okay. enjoy watching it, but I didn't think it was an amazing cinema cinematographic uh, experience masterpiece. I'm going to give it a well, kind of rate the science. Well, I'm going to steal. I'm going to chomp your flavor and, and uh, use your rating, and I'm going to give it an NA. No, that was my thing. Yeah, I know. I stole it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go before you, but I started. Talking. You mean not applicable? Because yeah, there was there's no just science. no science in this movie. So. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a good four out of five. Okay. I, I, okay. I actually really do like the movie. I yeah. just don't... I don't know if it... It's a little dated. Yeah. Honestly. But his acting is great. When he... When Wilson floats away from him on the raft, you're sitting there like... I was sad. Do, yeah, was, you're like, sad. I'm sad and this is a volleyball. It's like, a volleyball. You know, you're, volleyball. It, it was a, I thought it was a good movie, for sure. It's just like an older... It's a little dated. That's yeah. really it. But so I'm giving it a... Four plus out of five. A four plus. And uh, for the science, it's not applicable, so I'm not going to... I don't want to say one, because that implies that they did a bad job with the science, but they literally just... They don't address it. 
They don't address it, yeah. which is, which I think is okay for this yeah. type of movie. So we're going to give it an N.A. Yeah. And we're going to try very hard, right pace, not to pick We're going to pick better movies. No well, maybe if it wasn't on our good list of films. Okay, that list contains all sorts of bullshit that Sean... I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure 27 Dresses is on there. Ken and I Sean and I put a bunch of dumb crap made on made a prank list of movie suggestions... And Pace keeps thinking it's a real list of movies. I edited the last episode, and you guys spent 30 minutes going through the list asking if things like 27 Dresses <laughs> were on there, or Alvin and the Chipmunks, or Wild Wild West. To Heaven, or Wild Wild West. Actually, we, someone did suggest that we watch Wild Wild West, and yes. while I would very much like to watch the movie, uh, I don't know if there's any science that we can cover <laughs> in it. Yeah. Kenan, what are we watching next time? Next time, we're going to watch the movie Life, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and a couple of other people. And I'm not actually sure if that's out on video yet, so we may have to steal it from... Yeah. Oh! Yeah, from the rich. That's naughty. And, and give it to the up. podcast listeners. Right, yeah. It's, that's what we're, we're the Robin Hoods of audio. Uh, Pace, do we have any questions for this week? We do have a question from Curtis Ryan DeGraw. Friend of the podcast. Curtis Ryan DeGraw. Thank you, Curtis Ryan DeGraw, friend of the podcast. Is there any evidence that talking to inanimate objects helps preserve mental stability, or is it merely substituting one kind of madness with another? Mm. Um, I would say yes, that it is uh, at least... Anecdotally evident. uh, Anecdotally evident, because if it wasn't, then human beings wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, this is actually just... It actually is established science that the, the brain needs stimulation, the human brain, especially when we've lived our entire lives with receiving a relatively consistent level of stimulation. And if there isn't, it will create its own. I mean, that's, so, that's why things like, sorry to interrupt you, but no, you're saying, that's why things like isolation tanks work. Right. Where you rob yourself of your physical senses, and then once you're in there, you know, a lot of people will go in them, begin to hallucinate and start You will perceive things new things. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's not that implausible that he was, he was starting to experience maybe some sort of hallucination, whether it be auditory or visual from, from Wilson. Uh, and it probably did help him stay at least more sane than he would have otherwise. So. Maybe he's also a split now. Like, sure. Joseph James McAvoy. <laughs> James McAvoy, Jimmy. Joseph Gordon McAvoy. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You just combine two different actors. He has a volleyball. They're basically the same, though. They look the same. And with that... We've done it. Oh, you're kicking us out of your house. Yes. I can hear your dog chewing on a, on, chewing on a toy oh. ferociously. He's Pace so is, needy. Pace is slowly losing his mind. He is about to start talking to a volleyball. Pace. So we should probably wrap this up. Pace's dog is very cute and very nice, but also the biggest, highest energy dog I've met besides Kenneth. He's about the size of a horse and covered in curly hair. And it's the best thing ever. And he really wants to play right now. He does. <laughs> I'm going to throw this ball, and then I'm going to say where you can find me on the internet. My name is Kenan Smith, and you can find me at LOL Kenan at all sorts of different things. Oh Pace's dog just ran into a door. Uh, yeah. Pace, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Michael C. Pace, and please talk to me. Otherwise, I'm going to go insane. And talk to volleyballs. <laughs> Sean, I know we ask you every time, but you can comment on the Facebook page, which people really don't do that often. No, they don't. But if you do, or if you want to talk to me, just... Sean, we'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. Heck yeah. You can find us at RealScienceCast on Twitter, RealScienceCast at gmail.com, and on Facebook at RealScienceCast. We are going to be watching Life. That will debut in the next two weeks. Yeah. 
so get us some questions on that. I think it mostly has to do with just like biogenesis and things like that. So it at least has more science than Castaway. It 100 percent has more science than Castaway. So if you have questions about that type of thing, or if you want to ask us any sort of science question, we will shout you out on the podcast. Yep. We also have a Patreon. So if you would like to help us make this podcast better, in addition to create new content, I am graduating pretty soon, so I'm going to lean whole hog into this and abandon my new job for it. It's going to be good. I would love it if you guys could help us out. Um, we have some ideas for some additional tiers, uh, creating additional content to air either biweekly or monthly. Um, and in order to do that, we you know we got to get that sweet doja. That's weed. We got to get that sweet green. That's also <laughs> weed. Wait a second. <laughs> that's, that's, weed. That's, that's cheese. We need money. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Anyway, thank you very much, everyone, and we'll see you in two weeks. Oh, wait, let me do our sign-off. I'm Sean Carlson. I'm Ken Smith. I'm Michael Pace. You don't need good science, or any at all, to make a good movie. <laughs> Stay glitzy, but it sure makes it castaway. It sure makes it makes the movie castaway. Beans. From Even Stevens. Well, there's Pinto. Black. There's uh, Garbanzo. There's, what else is there? There's kidney beans. Oh, that, that's how we're starting? Cool. All right. We're talking about different kinds of beans, John. What are you doing? We're going to start. Yeah, but he's interrupting bean, <laughs> interrupting bean talk. <laughs> this is unbel- un- unbelievable. Inconceivable. <laughs> I can't even believe this. <laughs> It's been so long. (laughs) Pace, do you have a funny bean pun? No. (laughs) Okay, that's the joke. I found it. (laughs) Okay. Okay, we're good. Okay. It's been a while. (laughs) It's been a while (laughs) since I could stand. That's from Nickel Beans. It's been a while. Beans again. I think it's either stained or it's trapped, maybe. Stained. <laughs> Probably stained. Or maybe Breaking Benjamin. Breaking Benjamin. No, it's definitely not Why Breaking did you do Benjamin. It? Why did you say Breaking it's Benjamin? It's definitely not Breaking Benjamin. Because puns are silly. No, puns are good.